0: Think of your life as a snapshot, hundreds of little snapshots. You never know when that snapshot's going to change, but there's always hope. Try to wait for that next picture. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, we are talking about suicide. This may not be a good fit for everyone. Please take that into account before you listen. I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or on social media at Suicide Noted. We really appreciate everyone who has listened to these stories since July. Please, please keep listening. Let other people know about it. And I know I say this a bunch. If you listen on Apple, rate and review this podcast. It really does help. And finally, we have a Patreon page. If you have an interest in helping us out with a financial contribution and we could use the help, there are some costs associated with producing this podcast. I will include that in the show notes. Have a look. We could use the help. But again, either way, thank you. Today I am talking with Ruben. Ruben lives in Ohio, and he is a suicide attempt survivor. Hi, Ruben. Well, I appreciate you reaching out and, and wanting to talk about stuff with me here. I do.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, letting me have the opportunity.
1: For sure. Um, my pleasure.
0: I've been trying to want to tell my story here for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had the opportunity to. Sure.
1: So you are in a garage in Ohio. You had reached out to me in the last few weeks, I believe, and wanted to talk about your stuff, what you've gone through. I'd like to understand, because so few people are open and willing to talk about these things. How how did you come to be okay about talking about it publicly?
0: Well, I'd known, known at least three people that had actually completed suicide. One of them was my neighbor, her son, and then two other ones. One of them was from the church and another one was just an acquaintance. I felt like pe- people need to understand this and quit with the stigmatism of, oh, well, this we've seen this just happen and, oh, well, we never saw it coming or, well, how could they do this? Right. And me being somebody that's been there, well, why not let them hear it from Firsthand experience because obviously unfortunately the person that's passed you can't call them up and be like, "Hey, what's going on? you know um unfortunately,
1: what did the people the three people that you you knew that that are no longer here, your neighbor and someone from the church and an acquaintance, and you would connect that with like the stigma. do you remember what did things happen? did people say things in response to their deaths that made you think that's not okay?
0: Yeah, especially with my acquaintance. I think she ended up passing 2017, I believe. 17 or 18. Actually, I'd gone to school with her three boys and had known her, you know, fairly well. Just growing up, I didn't really know she had any mental health problems like depression or anything like that. And then my sister called me on the phone and was like, oh, this this acquaintance ended up shooting herself. She used a gun? Yeah, one of those things where you just never never thought, but I'd I'd gone to calling hours, that kind of thing, and everybody was just like dead silent. Didn't say much of anything, like one of the weirdest calling hours I've ever been to, and everybody's like, oh, well, why did she do this, and why did this happen, all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, well, I've been there, and (laughs) do you want to know why? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, in my experience, anyways, you get to the point where you can't handle a certain situation. You can't handle living with yourself. And then something pushes you over the edge. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I'm like, that's unfortunately a good chance of what happened. Something pushed her over the edge and it happened. A lot of what I've found and I've done my research on like the mental health and how it all ties into the suicide. A lot of it is the suicide attempts are involuntary, I guess. Like it just happens. Right. Like a spur of the moment type of thing.
1: Right. Not planned necessarily.
0: In that moment, not really thought. Something pushes you over the edge and then, oh, boom. You either had an attempt or unfortunately completed a successful attempt. The other two, they pretty much, people responded the same way. Why? And. How can somebody do this to themselves? And of course they were, they were using the general term of, well, why did they commit suicide and stuff? And I've told them, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. First of all, it's not commit suicide because it's not like you're committing a crime. Mm-hmm. It's more of you completed, you either have attempts or you complete a suicide. And a lot of people that are survivors would agree that it's a completed suicide.
1: Yeah. Seems reasonable, yes.
0: Right. But yeah, a lot a lot of the reaction is the same, the whole question of why and how can it happen. But then on the same hand, when somebody like me or somebody else that's been there is straight up and forward with people, oh well we don't want to hear that.
1: That's the irony, right? Right. You say you want to know, but then somebody's gonna tell you you don't wanna know.
0: Yeah, so then why did you ask? Right. Well, I think it was gonna be you were gonna be that honest. Well
1: So you've tried to tell people in your experience why someone might do that and then they sort of put walls up?
0: Yeah. Well and I mean, obviously you can't narrow it down to exactly why did this person, you know, end their life. Sure. But sure. in general general, like from my experience, this is what would what would push you over the edge. This is why you would think that this is your only option. But yeah, like like we said, they they hear the truth, and they don't. Then they don't want to hear it no more.
1: So, what happened with you, Ruben? In that you said you've been through this. Do you have one attempt or more than one attempt? Multiple.
0: Well, I've had multiple, but at the same time, too, I feel, anyways, me personally, that any time that you are like right there, like like you got the rope around your neck, or sure. you're looking down the barrel of a gun loaded safety off finger on the trigger to me that constitutes an attempt like your life can end in a split second now, yeah
1: for sure I, I don't disagree with it. you it's,
0: Yeah. there's some people that wouldn't agree with that and be like oh well you didn't end up in the hospital or you know such and so forth but yeah I would say uh, there's at least been at least three or four major ones that I can think of
1: so three or four major ones. However you define attempt. You get to decide, right? For you, how when was the first one? How old were you?
0: I guess my first one was um, back in 2016. 2016. Okay. It's always been a, an escape from something or someone. So back in 2016, I had gone out into the woods, and climbed up in my climbed up in the tree stand. And put a rope around my neck. Didn't really tell anybody. I mean, my wife knew that something was wrong. but That's about it. And what happened? Well, I don't really mean to be graphic, but.
1: It's okay.
0: Before you, when somebody dies by hanging, you have like a minute, two minutes before you black out. And then once you black out, you've got roughly, let's say like 20 minutes before before you die. hmm And I was just to that point where I was about to black out because stuff was starting to spin. Like you could watch like the trees and stuff get blurry and then it would look like stuff spinning. Somehow I decided, well, maybe things will get better and actually remove the rope from my neck. I don't know how. but
1: Right. That's interesting that you were able to physically.
0: Yeah, that was the one where I, I guess I finally decided that, well, let's, Try this whole getting help thing. let's at least give it a shot. Mhm,
1: so up until that point, you had been struggling didn't get any help
0: right well and and I was diagnosed with uh post traumatic stress back in two thousand eight, so from two thousand eight up to twenty sixteen you would have suicidal ideolations that kind of thing, but all I knew was, okay, well you want to escape stuff so then you kill yourself but how you do that all that kind of like all the details and stuff i hadn't looked into it so probably about a month before my attempt in 2016 i'd started doing research you know online that kind of thing of okay well which is going to be most lethal you know because i didn't want to i didn't want to just end up making a bad attempt and then being messed up Mm -hmm. probably So
1: when you were able to essentially save yourself, you said that you didn't complete it, obviously, and then you ultimately got some help. But I'm wondering, does your wife find out? Do you go to the hospital? Like what happens right after you take that rope off your neck, you know?
0: Well, I was talking to my mom on the phone when this all happened, because she's always been the one I call, talk to, because I told her, I'm like, look, before I go, I'm going to call you and let you know. Like I made her that promise. Wow. Cause she had asked me, she's like, just please let me know beforehand so I don't get a call and be like, the hell is this? So somehow she must have gotten a hold of my wife and she was started up the trail towards the tree stand. She didn't know exactly where the stand was, but she knew the general direction. And I didn't tell her for a couple of days, um, just cause I didn't want to freak her out and stuff. And then one night at dinner, I was like, well, I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm ready to try getting help, anyways. she, she'd known something was off.
1: Your wife, right?
0: Right. Well, my wife and my both my parents, and they were like, oh, well, you know, maybe you should get help, whatever. Trying to talk me into it, and I told them, I'm like, well, that's good and fine, but until I'm ready to help myself, you can't, you, you can't make me get help. It's yeah. not going to do me good. So then probably, I think it was like 2017, finally found a good counselor, good psychiatrist. They had me take a mental health exam just to find out what was going on. And it came back with uh, borderline bipolar disorder.
1: Borderline bipolar.
0: Yeah. And the fella that gave me the test didn't actually want to call it full-blown bipolar. But my uh, psychiatrist looked at it. And she's like, well, we're just going to treat it as bipolar. We're just going to treat it like that. Okay. Hmm. So she explained to me a little bit about the mood swings and how it all relates into the suicide attempt, how you can be doing good, feeling happy and stuff one minute, and then you step off that cliff and you're depressed. And then you can't, you can't climb yourself back out of that hole.
1: Yeah. It's a beast, right?
0: Yeah. And Since I actually figured out what was going on, I'm like, well, maybe I should at least research the bipolar, some of the suicide statistics, see see what all was going on here. Then that'll help me at least relate to my counselor, psychiatrist, I guess, educationally, you know, like I'm, I can relate to them better.
1: So did your doctor who, who wanted to treat it as bipolar, did she put you on medication?
0: After we got the results, she's like, well, I'm going to try you on a mild mood stabilizer to try to keep keep them cycling, is what they call it. Keep them going right. from high to the lows. Keep that line more even. And she's like, well, we're going to try out a low dose of like the Lamictal and see how it goes. Okay, that's fine. So I've been on the Lamictal for, I think it's a year and a half. In most days, it seems like it's doing okay. But when I need my medication either adjusted or if we need to add one or switch meds, something along those lines, it's always dangerous. Yeah. For me, and it seems like it's dangerous for people with bipolar. Since it is a chemical imbalance with your moods, you can go directly from being good and stable to sitting over there, you know, looking down the barrel of a gun. Don't know why, but your meds are messed up.
1: Yeah. You had said, Ruben, that back in 2008, you were diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, was that from a a trauma or do you know what was the root cause of that?
0: Yeah. I had gone through a uh, bad family situation. Well, that I come out with the post traumatic stress, which really didn't help the whole suicide stuff. Sure. And so you mingle the post-traumatic stress with the bipolar and it makes, makes for a bad cocktail.
1: For sure. So when you were treated in 2017, and if I understood you correctly, there were a couple of more attempts after that, right? Because 2016 was what you said was the first one. Mm-hmm. So what else? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to just jump ahead, but it's kind of an interesting because it sounded like, tell me if I'm wrong here. You got some help and it was moving in a positive direction. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Yeah. But then what happens that you tried more a few more times. Can you share that?
0: A lot of it was med adjustment, trying to find the right counselor, psychiatrist, because unfortunately in the mental health field, that's you got to keep, keep switching them. Yeah. Um, So when you're in between the process of all that, you're, pretty much back where you started where you're suicidal and for me i've never really told anybody but i believe the next one actually the next two involved me sitting there looking down the barrel of a gun like loaded safety off the whole nine yards
1: you so it's your gun you have a gun
0: yeah yeah
1: i'm just curious so you loaded safety off so as close as you can come
0: yeah like You touch your trigger, you're like, you're done. Unfortunately, I mean, the wife, the wife's seen it, but she, she would just up and leave, go over to her parents, whatever, not even try to help say anything. She would just leave.
1: Difficult spot.
0: Right. Because somebody that's supposed to be your support, you're just going to up and walk out. Well, that don't help the situation. Just makes it worse.
1: Yeah. Are you two still together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've obviously we've talked many times about the whole mental health my mental health problems the whole suicide attempts mm-hmm. that kind of thing and we kind of made a uh agreement that she won't leave like she had been like if i if, if if i have another attempt she's not gonna wait um like she had and my half of the agreement was try not to have another attempt and i say try because with the bipolar even with the medication statistic wise you're you're like twenty times more likely to either have an attempt or complete
1: right. do you ideate regularly? Are you thinking about suicide even when it's not like your lowest of the lows? Is that kind of something that's always there for you or is it sometimes you're pretty much okay and then you sort of dip down
0: it's more more of you're okay and then you dip down and once you get in that hole, it's you're like, well, this is hmm, we're here again, no yeah. way out. Now what? Even
1: though, as we talk now, you know that it's probably gonna change, and there will be a way out because it's happened before. When you're in it, you can't. It yeah, doesn't you, work that way, right?
0: No, because you can't really focus. You get tunnel vision, mm-hmm. and you you can't you can't really reason with yourself you can't really see all the good that's going on in your life. You just focus on this one bad thing and it kind of consumes you in the moment.
1: Do you have any idea why you didn't pull the trigger those two times? Like what saved you? It was the same thing as when you were able to remove the rope
0: a little bit. But by the time I had the attempt with the, with the gun, I'd been through the, the, trying to find help from the mental health field enough that knowing that it's 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 always gonna be a battle. Well, do I really wanna fight that battle? And then you start thinking of, okay, well the people that have actually failed with that method, unfortunately most people their face is all disfigured, they can't you know, they're wheelchair bound. There there's a whole bunch of stuff that can go wrong. Yeah. And I guess a lot of that been I guess would save me more than the whole wanting to get help. Cause from, from my perspective anyway, well, I'd rather not live either paraplegic or with a messed up face, that kind of stuff. And then now you're really wishing you would die, but you can't do nothing about it.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Um, So
1: I, I, I never want to put words into anybody's mouth, but when you say something like that, I think to myself, what saved you from not trying wasn't really you wanting to live. It was that you were just fearing living in a certain way, right? Disfigured, paralyzed, whatever else brain damage to a point where you were essentially. Yeah. So like, as we talk right now, how do you feel about, and this is not a loaded question. I mean, I'm always just looking for people to be honest, which I appreciate you being so open Like, do you want to live as we talk right now?
0: Right now, my pills and everything are doing doing good. I guess the the fear that I have is eventually the the bipolar is gonna gonna get the best of you, almost like cancer, just because it's it's been that way for so many so many people that have been diagnosed with it.
1: It's scary, man.
0: Yeah, and so I mean, there'll be three four months where I'm fine, like able to live normal. Won't have any ideolations or anything like that. And usually within those three, four months, I'll see the time for a pill adjustment or new medication, something like that, which now we're in the danger zone again. And unfortunately with like, you don't really want to die, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like, like cancer for the most part. Unfortunately, like you're going to die, like you've got cancer clear through your body. You, unfortunately, you're going to die. Well, you've got this mental illness, bipolar, schizophrenia, whatever. If it decides to do its thing, even though you've got your meds, you because sometimes you can't really just control it. You, you just feel like eventually it's, it's going to get the best of you. And I've told my dad that. I'm like, I hate to tell you. I don't want to feel this way, but I feel like one of these days, it's going to get the best of me hmm that and must be
1: really tough for your wife and your parents to hear that and know that that's how you're feeling that might be true that is true
0: my dad's actually been the one that's understood it the most because i've told him stuff that i haven't told my mom or my wife especially my wife um because i haven't i haven't told her about all the attempts or all the times that you come home and you're like well look at the date Mm. October sixteenth. Well, that's that sounds like a good day. You know, they, you you just never never tell her stuff like that. Hmm. I guess my dad's reaction. It started out being all freaked out. And, well, I don't know what to say to that. Sitting there in silence, kind of dumbfounded. Sure. Um, and I've talked to him about it when everything's good and you know my head's all level. Bipolar's which should be. I told him I'm like the best that you can do for from for me is just sit there and listen.
1: Oh, Amen. I think that's a, something a lot of people who hear this, I would love for them to understand or apply. Right? Listen. Yeah. People that are people um, that are around other people who might be suffering,
0: and and especially family members, because I've heard especially well with with my acquaintance that ended up uh, shooting herself. Nobody nobody wants to stand there and listen to the person. They just want to, oh, well, let's fix this. Let's call the cops. Let's get you up to the mental hospital. All this kind of stuff. Nobody wants to take time and sit down and listen.
1: Do you have any idea, Ruben, why that is? Just speculate.
0: Because people get freaked out about it. They don't they don't know what's going on in the person's head. They don't understand what the mental illness is, like they don't know enough about it.
1: I could go ask people or you over and over again, why that is, but even that makes me think, well, why, why is it such a problem that if you don't understand something, you can't listen for me? And I guess it's weird for, I have a podcast. I obviously enjoy for lack of a better, I I like doing this, right? Or I wouldn't have a podcast. I have something about it that gives me some joy or meaning. So I know not everybody's like that, but it still makes me wonder, like, what is so difficult about listening to somebody, even if, you know, you don't understand all of it, or you can't fix all of it? I don't know if that's really a question, more of just like, it just makes me, I don't get it, man.
0: I think people are scared to hear stuff that they don't want to hear. Like, you don't want to hear, well, this is this is going on and this is going on this is not going to change well so why are you here suicidal then because that's that's where i go to i i can't you can't look past oh or it might get better like you can't hang on to the might because you don't know if it is or not and that's that's the thing that irritates me too is people always tell you when they tell you something. Oh, we're to get better. Or, you know, just give it time, that kind of thing.
1: Platitudes. Yeah. So when you say you'd want them to listen and not do some of the things that you were just mentioning, I mean, do you mean just literally not say anything and just hear what someone's saying?
0: Yeah, just sit there and let them get it out. Because that seems to be the best way to start to come out of that hole. Um, at least for me, and just for them to know that, okay, like when I get triggered, I mean, suicidal or not, when the bipolar gets triggered, I usually start cussing, like saying the F-bomb and that kind of thing. When I'm venting to you about what's going on, don't be surprised if I say like, well, this is all fucked up and this and this, you know, don't be like, oh, well, you shouldn't talk like that. Just let me get stuff out. And then we can start the process of getting better It right there at the moment.
1: Yeah, of course. That's a bizarre response, but I absolutely believe you that people say stuff like that. It's just so weird to me. I feel like it's, uh, in, a, in a way, and it's a little judgmental on my part, to be frank with you, the level of like interpersonal communication skills, it's like that of a child almost. People are so poor at it. Mm-hmm. Just so incredibly inept. Yeah. I think we both agree on that one, right? Have you ever been hospitalized? Have you ever had to go to the hospital to to deal with this stuff at all?
0: Right after my hanging attempt, I did just I I went to the just the regular ER. Okay. To, I guess just start to figure out well, where do I get help for this? And they referred me to the um I think it's the mental health board that kind of thing but as far as being like checked into a mental health institute or anything no my wife and her mom anyways have said well you're on your medication adjustment well why don't we just check you in into the you know mental health hospital i'm like well i don't i'm don't, not not so sure i really want to do that mm. i feel like to make the, make the situation worse because you're trying to Get adjusted to meds, and at the same time, you're going to feel trapped where you're at physically, mm-hmm. and you're just going you're going to make it a hundred times worse than just try to keep me in my normal routine and let's adjust the meds. Yeah. So fortunately, I've I've never been in the in the hospital that that
1: direction. What are the things do you want to share with the people who hear this? Because you had mentioned about. Really wanting to talk about the stigma. That was a word you used when we first started talking. The other stuff that you want to share uh, around all this stuff that you'd like people to either better understand or become aware of.
0: And it, it really irritates me the whole thing of everybody, mental health circle or not, they call it committing suicide when it's not it's you complete a suicide mm-hmm. because you have the attempts and then you have a completed suicide. That
1: makes sense. Yeah. That's, I mean,
0: that's probably my, that's probably my biggest one.
1: That word. Yeah. That word. Yeah. Cause it doesn't reflect on how we see it, right? For many years, it was a crime. Mm-hmm. And they use that word much like they would today with committing a certain kind of crime.
0: Right. But- Um,
1: It's mostly been decriminalized, but I don't think entirely. It's a little bit of a gray area there. But I absolutely understand what you're saying in terms of that word.
0: My other one is when people are talking with you, especially health professionals. Oh, I understand where you're at or where you're coming from. I understand how you feel. And I've looked at some of them and I've been like, really? Well, have you ever sat there looking down the barrel of a gun? Right. You know split second well no well then how do you know what it feels like yeah well 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 you don't do you well yeah no i i hear that one a lot
1: yep do you sometimes say something when when people use those words or say that to you do you say something to them or you just sort of
0: i had one i guess psychiatrist or counselor i don't remember what he was but he tried to tried to tell me, oh, I know how you feel, I've been there, all that kind of stuff. And I told him, like, if you looked down the barrel of a gun, well, not exactly. So then he keeps repeating himself on, well, I know how you feel, all that kind of stuff. I look straight at him. I'm like, have you fucking looked down the barrel of a gun and almost shot yourself? Well, no. Well, then quit saying you have. Yeah i got up and i walked out i told my wife i'm like i'm not dealing with this clown good for you i'm like you want to see what bipolar is when it gets triggered because he had never seen that i'm like that's what it looks like for somebody that doesn't curse to point straight at you and curse you out like that yeah that's that's one of my big ones too is uh people that say oh i know where you're at you know i've been there too There there have been a couple people that are actually survivors that have said that but you know that they're actually survivors Mm -hmm. follow up with yeah well I had done this or you remember you know what it feels like when this happens and it's, it's not just like oh what no I know what it feels like when you're in that hole it's usually no well I know what it's like to cut and I know what it's like to sit there with pills and almost take the whole bottle i know that feeling of well don't really want to do this but it's it's an option those are the people that you know are for real know what you're going through Mm
1: you had said that you have not really talked much about this stuff with people right certainly not often not many people no I asked you, I think one of the first questions, but actually I don't know if I asked you this way. I guess you must have heard the podcast at some point, Uh eventually reached out. So it's just interesting that that almost like a switch went off where you don't talk about it. And now you're talking about it. Like, what was that difference? And I'm not looking for you to compliment the podcast or me. I just want to know for you, like, it seems like there's some change in that you're like, I don't know what the word is, maybe a little more open or willing.
0: Well, I've always wanted to share my story and haven't really had the the opportunity to because no, nobody in person has sat down and been like, well, what's your story on the whole suicide thing?
1: It's not very common, no.
0: <laughs> no, because I, I feel like if, if my story can give somebody hope for a little, a minute, an hour a day, it's worth it yep even even if it's just that minute yep with with us survivors, a lot of it is just knowing that there's somebody that's gone through it, like mm-hmm. either that you can sit down and talk to, you can message somebody that you have access to, you know has been there,
1: mhm, it's a game changer, can be.
0: And when, when you find somebody like that, you can connect on a different level. I don't want to say a more intimate level, but for lack of better words, we'll just say intimate because mm-hmm. both have been through that situation. You pretty much know exactly what it feels like to, to some degree or another. Like I said, every everybody's reasoning and whatnot is different, but you've you've got that common ground.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks man I really do appreciate you uh trusting me and sharing what you did. Uh any any other thoughts uh about this stuff that you'd like to like to talk about?
0: I think to to the people that are that have attempted or thinking about it, probably 90% of y'all have some sort of mental illness going on. Mhm. And obviously we can't sit here and you to go get help you have to do that when you're ready but think of your life as a uh, snapshot hundreds of little snapshots you never know when that snapshot's going to change but there's always hope i guess try try to try to wait for that next that next picture mm. just see what it is
1: i've never heard of it said that way i like that well, thanks again, Ruben. Especially you're in a car. I know that. So uh, I appreciate you getting creative in where you're talking to me from.
0: I appreciate you uh, giving me opportunity and letting me finally share.
1: Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing it, man. Very much so. So thank you. This always sounds weird when I say it, but like, I'm glad that you're you did not complete those attempts and you're still around if you know and you're i have no doubt when people hear this that they are at a minimum feel less alone and and maybe more Mm -hmm. uh so so thanks for that all right well stay safe in the great state of ohio all right thank you all right Ruben. uh stay strong man have a good uh have a good rest of your day or evening
0: okay you too bye
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and special thanks to Ruben out in Ohio. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at suicidenoted.com or on Facebook, Twitter at Suicide Noted. And help us out. Take a moment right now, if you would, rate and review this podcast. It really does help people find it. So thanks for doing that. That is all for episode number 52 stay strong, do the very best you can. I'll talk to you soon.